0: So the last couple of weeks, uh, we took a sort of a, um, a hiatus or break from uh, a series that we started uh, prior to that called Greatest Hits. And the reason or the purpose of the series of Greatest Hits is just talking about uh, certain psalms, songs of, in the psalms that um, David wrote, others wrote, um, of just about you know, relationships and, and having a relationship with the Lord, having relationships with each other. And so we're gonna kind of jump back into our greatest hits series, but at the same time, we're gonna still talk about what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, and that is the area of community, the area of relationship and being in a, a community of faith. Specifically, what we want for you is we want you to be in a group and, we've, and there's no secrets here. We've made that abundantly clear that we think that uh, to get the most out of um, church or get the most out of and really being the church um, involves a lot more than just gathering on a Sunday morning. It has a lot more to do with that. What the things that um, the scriptures teach us about, um, about being a Christian and living out our faith, we can't do here in this setting. I mean, it says things like that we're to bear one another's burdens, it says things like that we're to confess our sins one to another. Now, who wants to do that in this setting? Anybody want to volunteer? Any takers? Anybody? No? No? Okay. See, you just can't do it here. Like, nobody's going to be like, I don't know you. I don't really know anything about you, and nor do I want you to know anything about me, and I certainly don't want you to know what's going on in my life. So I'm not even going to share my burdens with you, nor am I gonna certainly not going to confess my sins to you. But the Scripture still tells us to do these things. But they can't happen within this context, they have to happen, I think, within a smaller context where it's more about belonging, it's more about belonging or being known than knowing something. We live in a culture that it's easy to know things about each other, don't? isn't it? Like it's easy to find out things about someone. We live in a time of you know social media era where you can go on somebody's Facebook page or you can go on somebody's Twitter account or Instagram and you can learn some things about people, can't you? I mean, you do it. I know you. I know you Facebook stalkers out there. We, you're. It's no secret to anybody. Listen, you. You. We go and we search things out, and it's it's one thing to know. Something about somebody. Like, I can know things about Matthew Stafford, right? Lions, Detroit Lions quarterback, right? I can know some things. Like, I know that him and his wife just had a baby last Thursday. I know that. I know that because, you know, I see it on Instagram and, you know, his wife's posting pictures and things, you know, and you can, you know, you can, you can, but I don't really know him. Like, I knew where he went to college. I know some of his stats. I know, you know, the kind of things that, you know, some things, information, but I don't really know him, right? And this is sort of how we are with celebrities, right? You can keep up with our Kardashians all you want, but you don't know them. Right? You can gather a lot of information about people, but you don't really know them. Well, the uniqueness about the church is is that God says, listen, I don't want you to just know information about people. I don't want you to just come on a Sunday morning and say, you know, I think that they do this, or I think that they do this, sort of make this, you know, meaningless, casual, small talk with each other. God says, listen, I want for the church, I want it to be a place where people belong. That's what I want. I want it to be a place where people belong and, and are, are being known with each other. And, you know, community, I, we, I just, looking up the definition of community, it says this, a social, religious, occupational, or other group sharing common characteristics or interests and perceived or perceiving itself as distinct in some respect from the larger society within which it exists. So, God says, I want you to have, like this definition, I want you to have a community of faith that is gathered around, that, that, that people get together, groups of people that share common characteristics or common interests. That's what God wants for us. He wants us to get together with one another and, and, and share those experiences. And we're wired that way. We're wired that way. You know where this is played out most? This is played out most in high school. Or movies revolving around high school. Like do you know what I'm talking about? Like in high school, you have these different groups that you know come together based on characteristics or interests that are, you know, that they have, you know, that they share in common, right? So you have in, in high school, you have, or movies around high school, you have these, you know, you have the sort of the tech people, you know, the techie, nerdy people that you now work for. Remember? <laughs> Remember the people that you used to make fun of because they were kind of nerdy, but now you work for them. Now they're your boss, right? So you have this group of people, and then you have like, you know, then you have the sort of the artsy group, right? And then you have that kind of group of people. Then you have the, 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 the athletes. You have that kind of group of people. I remember when I was in high school, every year seemed like I was in high school that the, uh, when it came to homecoming court, Everyone who won homecoming court was in the um, jock athlete category. Is that, was that true? Well, one year, I think it was, I don't know, juniors, when I was a junior. One year, the band, the marching band decided they had enough. There was going to be no more athletes, jocks on the homecoming court. So the band, while they're in their little band room, I'm not really sure I wasn't in band, right? Now I regret it. I wish I had an instrument. No offense to anybody in band. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying this is what it was. They decided they had enough. So they all, at the time when it was, when it was time to vote somebody onto homecoming court, they all, I'm not I'm making this up, they all walked out of the band room and voted for this one guy. And he won. It was hilarious. Like, it was the most, I was, like, I was like, that's impressive. Like, that's really great. Like, when you can get people that have common characteristics and common interests that rally around a cause, you can do something with that. And they did. They got him on. They're like, we had enough with the people that are normally on homecoming court. We want him on homecoming court. And they did it. And I'm telling you, this is how it works. Why? Because God's wired you and God's wired me to be in community. That there's a reason why that there's different groups of people that have different interests and things in common and and they gather together, they get together. Why? What is that? That's God's design. That's God something inside of you that God put his handprint on that says, I want my people to come together that have common interests, common characteristics, have a common goal, a common purpose. To do something with that. That's powerful, that's life changing. Well, David, King David, you know David, the guy that killed Goliath. Everybody aware of David? Okay. David saw this, and it was incredible. Him to see. It was an amazing spectacle for him to see. David took over as king at a time when the nation of Israel was divided. There was two different groups or two different nations. They almost went to a civil war with one another. I mean, it was, the nation was a mess. It was chaos. It was disorder. It was a mess. Well, David took it over and David orchestrated through the, through the power of God, through the hand of God, and a, a unified a nation. He unified a nation. And when David saw the nation unif- unified, and he was starting to see now what was happening prior to that, that the, the, the Jews would, would, would scatter around and they were in all in different places and all different areas and, and, and lived in different spots and, 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 and miles and miles away from, from the city of Jerusalem. David is now watching these different groups of people these different groups of jewish people coming now together again coming back together for different celebrations different festivals you know different times where they were you know in their in their laws and in their writings they were they were told to come back together and to celebrate these things david is watching god's people come back together and reform community and here's what he writes about it. It's in Psalm 133, Psalm 133 in verse number 1. He says this. He says, "Behold, behold." In other words, check that out. Look at that. Like you ever see something and you're like, "Did you see that? That's amazing. That's incredible." Like he's he's going Behold, look at this. This is amazing. He's saying, he says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. He's going, wow, this is incredible. They were once separated. They were once left to their own devices. They were once apart from each other. But now, look, behold, they're coming together. And he describes it in this way. He says how good and how pleasant it is. Like, he doesn't just say, look how good that is. That's really good. No, he says, it's not only good, but it's also pleasant. It's not only good, but it's also pleasant. Like, it's like, I don't know, it's good, that I can hang out with my family. It's times where we get have family time. That's good, but it's you know what? It is? It's even more pleasant when we can hang out together at a beach house. Isn't it? Like it's good that you can maybe go out to a nice restaurant somewhere, but it's pleasant for me when I can have a steak. Right? It's he's saying it's not just good. It's better than good. It's also pleasant it's not just about like you know a, a warm summer night you know sitting outside that's good but when you're a warm summer night sitting outside eating an ice cream pleasant <laughs> right it's pleasant he's saying it i'm telling you when god's people that and that's what brothers means brothers means god's people brothers and sisters when god's people come together it's good and it's pleasant it's like there's something special about it there's something that David saw and went wow that's amazing it's good and it is pleasant now David had a couple different describer descriptors than I had David's were for a minute there I had to go what like, was a weird turn. But David says, listen, when God's people come together, it's good and it's pleasant. And David said, you know what it's like? You know what it's like when God's people come together in community, in unity? You know what it's like? He says, look at it, it says in verse number two. He says, it's like the precious oil upon the head coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard coming down upon the edge of his robes. Like, you're like, wait, <laughs> like, what? Like, okay, like, I got, you were with, I was with you, David, when, you know, God's people come together, it's good and it's pleasant, I've got my own examples and I like my examples, but David, your examples are weird. Like, what are you talking about? It's like precious oil upon the head of coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard coming down upon the edge of the robes. What in the world are you talking about? Well, a couple things, a couple things. He was talking about, that when God's people come together, when God's people come together in unity, that it's sweet. It's sweet. That's what he was saying. He's saying it's like, it's, there's a sweetness to it. And Aaron, the oil that described here, is a mixture of different um, spices. It's, you have your myrrh which is more of like, like a, kind of like a vanilla scent to it. You have your cinnamon, which we all are familiar with cinnamon. Cania, which is a, a form of cinnamon. It's actually known as a Chinese cinnamon. And then it had cane, which was like a sugar, a sugar. These were the spices that were mixed in olive oil that were poured over, what, according to David, poured over Aaron's head. And it was when that happened to Aaron, it was like this sweet, sweet smell. Now, when I'm thinking about sugar and cinnamon, I think about fall and I think about the cider mill. Anybody else? Is there a better smell than that? Like when you go into a cider mill and they're making homemade you know, cinnamon and sugar donuts, is that not glorious? You're like, I don't care what diet I'm on. I'm getting two dozen of these. And I don't know what you're having, kid. Like, you know, that's like, that's what it's like. It's like this, I mean, imagine that. That's what David was saying. David was saying, when God's people come together, it's just the sweetness to it. It's like the scent that you get when you walk into that donut place that's making those donuts and they're coming out of the oven and they're pouring on that cinnamon and pouring on that sugar. That's what it's like when God's people come together. And what he also was saying about that was this. He's saying this. It's also like with the different spices When the different spices come together and make one oil ointment, that's what it looks like when God's people come together. It's like this variety, and I I don't know, maybe this is a bad example. I'm not really sure, but you've been through a lot of my bad examples. It's like potpourri. (laughs) I'll give you time to write that down. It's like, I mean, when you go into, and, and this, is, um, this is vintage rose potpourri, vintage rose. Somebody is going home with a vintage rose potpourri today, but it's like that. It's just, it's just the idea that, you know, in the potpourri, there's all sorts of different mixes. You got your dried flower mix, you know, you got, you know, that thing. I don't know what these things are. You got your dried that thing? You get the point. They're all different. They're all different. It's like when God's people come together and bring their different spice, bring their different uniqueness. It's sweet. It's sweet. Here you go, Matthew. I knew you wanted vintage Rose. And I've got different ones. I mean, your group, your group could be lavender. This is the women's group, I think. Lavender. Oh, who likes lavender? Anybody? All right, here you go, Carol. Here you go. Maybe your group is just you know, this is the men's group, vanilla. No offense, men, but we're boring. Vanilla. This is not just vanilla, though. This is amber vanilla. But, you know, I mean, they make their own scent. It's their own sweetness, and, 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 and it's based on preference. But it's when different kinds of spices come together, and they form this potpourri of goodness. That's what it's like. There you go. That's what it's like. So when David's going, Hey, you know what it's like when God's people come together? It's like the oil that drips down from Aaron's you know, head and down through his beard and onto his robe. It's, there's a sweetness to it. That's why it's good and that's why it's pleasant. There's a sweetness about it. That's what God's people, God wants us to be. He wants us to have that Sweetness. And yeah, we have different spices. But man, when you come together and you're different spice and you come together, boy, that's sweet. That's sweet to God. Not only that, David said, you know, it's not just sweet, but it's also sacred. Sacred. There's something sacred about it. It's just the idea that when Aaron was anointed, it was when he was anointed to be the high priest of Israel. And he was describing it to be this idea that that when God's people come together, that there's a sacredness to it. Did you know that after Jesus resurrected from the grave and ascended into heaven, and, and before he ascended into heaven, he commissioned this thing called the church. What he wasn't commissioning was a building He wasn't commissioning, you know, a a location or a place. What Jesus was commissioning was a people that after the cross and the resurrection, that what was once sacred place has now become a sacred people. I got news for you, and I I still hear this. People say, you know, if I came to your church, Pastor, the walls, the ceiling would cave in on me. Like, no, it wouldn't. This is not a sacred building. This is just a building. These are just a, a regular place, just like anywhere else. What makes it sacred on Sunday morning at 11 is when God's people come together. That's what makes it sacred. What makes it sacred is God saying, listen, buildings and places are no longer sacred. My people are now sacred. The temple which once served as a place where the presence of God dwelled, now the presence of God, according to Paul in 1 Corinthians 3, now the presence of God is in you to those who put their faith in Jesus. That you are sacred. And wherever you go, that's what's sacred, and that can be anywhere—not just you know 309 Market Street at Market Street Church. That's not what's sacred. It's where you go that's 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 sacred because you you are carrying the presence of God with you. That's what's sacred. And when David is reading and and, and writing this psalm, he's saying, listen, my people, it's my people. And when the people come together in community, not only is that sweet, but it's also sacred. It's a sacred place. It's holy ground. This is just a building. If I thought that I would have a better chance at reaching somebody for Jesus if the walls were neon green, they would be. They would be. If I had the money, listen, and we already did this to an old chapel that dates prior to the Civil War. You know what it looks like now? A gym. And some of you are upset about that. But you know what? Is if it's a building that I can shoot a basketball in, it's gonna be a gym. If it's a, gonna be a place where people can be reached for the cause of Jesus, that's what it's gonna be. It's gonna be a place that gives us the best chance to, to love on kids and to invite kids into a, a place. That's what it's gonna be. If I thought that this room would be a better gymnasium, we would make this room a gymnasium. Because there's no sacred place. I don't wanna hear it. If the kids wanna eat you know, candy and leave the wrappers on the floor, they can. Don't, because I'm OCD and it bothers me because I'm usually picking it up. But don't, I'm just glad they're here. You hear me? There's no sacred place. It's sacred people, sacred people. And when David's writing this, he's going, it's sweet, it's sweet, it's sacred. Because those are God's people and community coming together with one purpose. And that is to worship him. That's what it's about. He also says this. He says, not, it's, not, it's like, you know, oil on the head of Aaron, sweet, sacred. He also says, says this. Verse 3, I think. It is like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion. Thank you, everybody. Have a good day. You guys understand what that means. See you later. No, no. he said, you know what it's also like? It's like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion. Hermon was the tallest mountain, tallest mountain in the, in the area, in the land. And the dew from that, of that mountain would come down and the snow would melt and would come down. And what it would do is that the that, that Hermon mountain would feed into the Jordan River. It would feed into the Jordan River. So the snow would form, the snow would melt, and it would come down and it would drip all the way down. And any, any areas that were dry, it would give it life to. Any areas that were desolate, it would provide that nourishment that it needs. And people from as far as Jericho, miles and miles away, in the dry seasons of, of their life, where they didn't have, and they didn't, the wells were empty, and they had nothing to pull from, they would come all the way from Jericho to the Jordan River, and they would draw their water from the Jordan River, and the Jordan River was con- continually full because of the mountain of Hermon and the dew from it. So imagine this. David is writing this, and he's saying, you know what it's like when God's people come together? It's not only sweet, and it's not only sacred, but it's reviving. It's reviving. It's like when times are dry, in seasons that seem like they're scarce. God's people coming together is reviving for you. It's like, you know, my, we get these grand ideas, you know, my wife and I, and we think, hey, let's paint the basement. And I'm like, ah, yeah, let's paint the basement. And so once I'm, you know, instructed, you know, that's what you do as a husband, you just get instructed and then you, you try to get it done. And so we decide, let's get the, pa- all right, let's paint the basement. Man, we worked, you know, the last couple days just trying to get the basement painted it revived it, it re- we're like hey I want to come down here more like we were saying that like we just do do we just threw paint on the wall you know and then I just I'm just painting but I'm like I'm pretending like I'm like HDTV expert guy now you know <laughs> like I can paint the wall what else do you need oh do you want a table built I can do that never built a table in my life but you know we get that way but what does it do You take something that is outdated, something that has been neglected, something that has been, you know, you just don't even want to go down there anymore. You don't even want to be in that space. But then once you throw a little paint on the wall and change up some furniture and put some new pictures up on the wall, what does it do? It revives it. It revives it. What will happen for you in the dry seasons of your faith, in the times where you don't feel like you're very close to God like you once were? In the days that you think that I don't know how I'm going to get through another day. You know what happens for you, according to David, when God's people come together in community? It will revive you, it will revive your soul, it will give a boost to your heart when you let God's people do that, when you come together. It's reviving. The other thing that he says about that is this. It's not just reviving, it's refreshing. It's refreshing. Man, I gotta tell you, as many many years that I've been a part of groups and communities of faith, I can just tell you, there's countless amount of times where people in my life have just been refreshing for me that people in my life have just, have just spoken to my life and in my heart and, and have just encouraged me in times where I'm going, I mean, I just, I'm empty. I've got nothing. I'm dry. I need to be filled up. You know what God does? God brings about a community of people that are refreshing. And you might need some of that. You might need to be Refreshed in your faith. You might need to find yourself coming around a group of people that support you and encourage you and pray for you and are in holding you accountable because what that will do for you, it will be reviving but it will also be refreshing to you. The biggest times of need in my life and my wife and I's life where our needs have been met and if they've been miracles have been around when we've surrounded ourselves with a group of people not a church of like you know a big church but just a group of people that know our need that we know them and they know us. And it's not about that they know information about me and I know information about them, but that we, this is important, we belong. We belong. And when you find yourself in a community where you belong, it will be refreshing to you because people will pour into you outside of your spouse outside of your extended family, that people will pour into your life and it will be refreshing for you. So David says, hey, you know what it's like when God's people come together? It's sweet. It's sacred. It's reviving. It's refreshing when God's people come together. And he ends the verse 3 by saying this. Look what he says. For there for there where David where God's people come together from there when God's people come together the Lord commanded the blessing. And that blessing includes life forever. That when you and I decide that we're gonna not just you know be a part of something or go to church, that, that we're gonna belong to church, that we're not gonna just go to a group, but we're gonna belong in a group, that when we decide that, that from there, David says, is where the Lord commanded the blessings. That the blessings for you and the blessings for me Or when we decide, hey, I'm gonna make in my life, I'm gonna make a priority to come together, to gather together, to be together with God's people consistently. And, And even though it's gonna be sacrificially, I'm gonna make that effort to do that. He says, God says, from there, that's where the Lord commands the blessings. And the blessings for you and what you'll discover is that they're sweet, they're sacred, they're reviving. They're refreshing. That's the blessings. And so David writes this, and he say, what does this mean? Why did he use oil coming down? He would continually say, coming down, coming down. So he, David would write this, and he would say, coming down, coming down. He would say the oil, and he would say, coming down from above. And you know, he'd say that the dew coming down from above. So here's what... David was saying by this, here's what he's saying. As the oil and the dew come down from above, so also God's blessings come down from above to God's people in community. That's what he's saying. You'll only really find and discover the blessings of God when you find yourself belonging to a community with people that have shared purposes. People that are coming together in unity for one cause. And our cause for people of faith, our cause is the hope of Jesus. That's our cause. The hope of Jesus. The fact that he died for every single person, that every single person who puts their faith in him can also be considered to be holy, to be sacred. And what will happen as a result of that will be the blessings of God. And the blessings of God for your life is this. Life change. Life change. And and it's a foretaste of heaven. It's a foretaste of heaven. Listen, if you don't want to get together with God's people now, I don't know if you really want to go to heaven because that's where God's people are. So when you get together with God's people and you find that you're belonging, that's a foretaste of what heaven looks like. And it's pretty sweet. It's sacred. It's reviving and it's refreshing. And that's what God says. Listen, I want you to be a part of this. I want you to be a part of this. But you'll never experience this. You'll never understand this. Let me say that. You'll never understand this unless you experience it for yourself. This will just be talk to you. This will just be maybe a little bit, you know, you feel a little guilty. You don't do it enough. You're not really sure if you want to be a part of a group, community group or, you know, power group. You're not really sure. Listen, I, I get the hesitations and the reservation because, listen, I know how men are. Men, we're, we want to pretend like we're strong all the time. You know, we want to pretend like we have it all together. You know, we're tough. You know, and so we think that if we go into a group, we got to be vulnerable. And we got to open it up, you know, so we have our shield up. You know, even if you do show up, you got your shield up a little bit. You keep people of arm's length. That's just how men are. Women want to perceive that they're perfect, that they have it all together. Maybe I should let my wife talk at this point. But listen... <laughs> These are the hesitations. I get the hesitations when it comes to things like this. But listen, I'm telling you, this is where the blessings come from. This is where you receive blessing. It's in this. But David gives us the key to this whole thing. He says, listen, I can't just write about it, David said. And some preachers, when they preach Psalm 133, they just can't talk about it. This is something that has to be experienced. And back in verse one, David gives us a hint of that. He says this, listen, how, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers. It's like, it's like saying, man, man, I, you, I, let's say I recommended a restaurant and then you went to that restaurant and then you got done at that restaurant and I called you up and I said, hey, how good was that restaurant? And you're like, yeah, it was good. I experienced it for myself. It was good. Or, you know, who knows what that is for you, man. How good, man, you should go on vacation there. And I tell you how amazing it is if you go on vacation at this one place, you know, and you, you go there and experience it for yourself. After you get home, I call you up and say, how good was that place? And you're going, yeah, it was good. Thanks for recommending it to me. I mean, we can go on and on and on. This is what David is saying. David is writing to people who already know how good and how pleasant it is for God's people to dwell together. You'll never know. I can try for hours to tell you how amazing it is when God's people come together and unify together with one purpose. I can tell you, I could spend another hour trying to tell you, but you'll never get it until you try it for yourself. Seeing the good and pleasant in the community is seen for yourself, you've gotta try it for yourself. I can't say any more about it. I can tell you it's sweet, I can tell you it's sacred. I can tell you it's reviving to your soul. I can tell you it's refreshing to your heart, but you'll never get it until you experience it for yourself. And I hope that you give our Empower groups a chance. I hope that you make them give them a, 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 some time, not just one week. You can't get the full effect of it in one week, Don't just show up and say, all right, I'm here. God, you see me? Okay, good. We're out of here after this week. That's not what he's talking about here. God just doesn't keep attendance on Sunday. You know that? God isn't peering over on Sunday morning and going, okay, I see you, I see you. Oh, check, 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 check. I guess they're fine. God sees you every single day. God knows what's going on in here. Listen. You'll never know. You'll never know until you try it for yourself. You never know. Let's pray. Father, David was in awe. David was floored. David was just thrilled to see God's people come together in unity. They formed community with one cause and one purpose, one thing in mind, and that was to worship and to glorify your name. Thousands and thousands of years later, that's still the purpose. That's still the reason why we exist. That's still why we inside of us have this desire, this innate desire to form community with people that we share things with, experiences with, likes with, interests with. It's, it's our de- desire. It's because you formed that in us. You put that in us. That church was designed of people, not a place, a people to come together and to experience a sweetness experience the holiness, the sacredness of it, that it's reviving for them. It's refreshing for all of us. God, I just pray, Lord, that we understand that that's where the blessings, that's where the blessings come. And God, we all need your blessing. We all need your blessing. It's a foretaste into eternity that we can all experience But we, to fully understand it, you know, we need to experience it for ourselves. That David can't write any more than three verses to explain it. That I can't preach anymore to try to explain it of how good and how pleasant it really is. Thank you for this day. Give everyone a great rest of their weekend a great day off tomorrow if they have it, keep them protected and safe and secure, but yet challenge and convict and shape us and mold us into the person that you want us to be because together we're the picture of what you look like. Together we're that picture, the body of your son Jesus. And we wanna show that to a world that needs to see it. Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great weekend.